Hello and welcome to the Middle East Forum speaker webinar series. I'm Stacey Roman and I will be moderating this discussion today. We're pleased to have Winfield Myers, Director of Campus Watch here at the Middle East Forum, join us to discuss MEF in the classroom, holding academia accountable. Winfield will speak for 15 minutes and open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type out your question. And with that, I'll turn the discussion over to Mr. Winfield Myers. Thank you very much, Stacy, and thank you to everyone who is tuning in today. Thank you for your support for the forum and for your interest in our uh, topics. Today, I want to give a, um, a brief overview of our efforts at Campus Watch over the past year to, as Stacy said, hold academia accountable. In particular, we have worked on reform of Title VI of the Higher Education Act. And to explain that, there are two Title VI's. Uh, one of the Higher Education Act of 1965 that Campus Watch and other elements of the forum have worked on, and another, the more famous act, Title VI of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. So they're separate. Uh, they both just happen to be called Title VI, but in our case, we're dealing with Title VI of the Higher Education Act. It gets into the weeds a little bit, but it, it really isn't very complex. Uh, for years and years, uh, the Higher Education Act has been abused by universities in myriad ways and for Title VI funds in particular, these are taxpayer dollars that are funded to Middle East Studies Centers at major research universities around the country. I think there are around 14 of them at this point. Uh, the, the number fluctuates uh, grant to grant sometimes. And the grants usually number usually equal about 250, 200, $300,000 or so per year and they're given in four year increments to these universities. Under the legislation of the Higher Education Act, this money is to be used for the teaching of area studies and languages that will strengthen America's national security. Uh, Middle East studies is one of many different areas that receives money for this. And I'll speak about that again uh, in a few moments, but it's the one that we concentrate on the most. Rather than, however, in Middle East studies being used to strengthen national security by learning languages, by learning the history and the cultures of these areas, Far too often and for many, many years now, this money has been used to support politicized, biased, anti-American, anti-Israel, anti-Western teaching, scholarship, conferences, travel, you name it, uh, in, in a variety of ways. Uh, this has been known for several decades now, this politicization of the field, and therefore the politicization and misuse of taxpayer dollars going to these various um, large Middle East studies centers that, and again, they, they only exist at, at large research universities uh, around the country. You won't find them at smaller uh, middle arts, uh, liberal arts colleges or, or middle-sized universities. Um, to respond to this, we've, we've tried various uh, strategies over the years, but this past year, Campus Watch has partnered with the Middle East Forum's Washington Project and its director, Cliff Smith. Uh, our part in that has been to provide research to the Washington Project, research documenting and proving the misuse of taxpayer funds on these various Middle East Studies uh, centers. And uh, the, the Washington Project has in turn used this information to educate people in Washington on the existence of these abuses, uh, the specificity of the, the abuses and what might be done to rein them in. Um, working in that uh, way in tandem, uh, we um, have, through using our research, um, noted that several different representatives have written letters 
to the secretary and now outgoing secretary Betsy DeVos of the higher uh, department of education um, requesting departmental investigations of these various centers uh, that have been abusing their funds. Part of the reason this has been um, possible and one of the reasons we wanted to do this is because uh, the, sec the Department of Education under Secretary DeVos in the Trump administration has been friendlier to reform than many uh, administrations have been prior to this. Uh, it's, it's no secret that over the years, the Department of Education has enjoyed a very cozy relationship with higher education, uh, both at the individual level of uh, presidents, deans, uh, directors of these various centers uh, for Middle East studies and other areas and languages as well, uh, as well as with the enormous higher education lobby in Washington, which spends an enormous amount of money every year, uh, tens of millions of dollars lobbying Congress, uh, essentially for more money and less oversight. Uh, those are the, the magic uh, formulas for um, the higher education blob, as I like to think of it, of the, the large uh, expenditures that they uh, use on K Street. In this case, we found a sympathetic ear uh, with Secretary DeVos and with many of the other, uh, particularly political appointees in the Department of, higher, uh, in the Department of Education uh, in the various centers that deal with higher education. And so we, we took advantage of that. And uh, again, uh, let them know what was going on. And then through the Washington Project to um, educated people in Washington about what we thought needed to be done. Um, and this is ongoing. Uh, with a new administration coming in and a new uh, Secretary of Education, that, that position has not been named yet, or at least it hadn't this morning the last time I looked. Uh, we'll see whether or not we can continue to work with them in this way. I certainly hope so. I hope that they are uh, reformist in nature, just as the outgoing Secretary of Education's uh, people there have been, but that remains to be seen. Uh, so that's, that's our efforts in Title VI in, in a nutshell. Um, one area we uh, worked on in Title VI beyond simply Middle East studies is that we were able to uh, convince uh, Senators Kramer of North Dakota and Rubio of Texas uh, on the need for higher education reform in Title VI across the board. And so they have requested a general accounting office audit of all Title VI programs. Uh, that's almost 400 programs, well beyond Middle East studies. And these include Africa, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, uh, Eurasia, South America, and so on. So they have requested an audit to see how these funds are expended, expended uh, across the board, uh, regardless of the language being taught, regardless of the area or cultural studies being taught, uh, history being taught in these, uh, uh, these taxpayer-funded programs. Uh, another... Uh, problem on Capitol Hill that we're going to press ahead with in the new year deals with foreign funding of American higher education. Uh, you have probably heard about this in particular regarding Chinese funding through the Confucius Institutes. Uh, that is beyond our purview per se, although we're deeply concerned about that for, for all the obvious reasons. But the largest donor, in fact, to American universities isn't China, it's, it's Qatar. And uh, that may surprise some people. The small Gulf country uh, throws its weight around that much, but it's very wealthy and it's very radical. Uh, it's home to uh, Hamas figures, uh, Al Qaeda figures, others, and uh, it is not our friend. And the kind of uh, propaganda they pay for to uh, come out of American universities 
is not friendly to the West, to America, to Israel, to our allies, and certainly not to our national security. Uh, a principal problem with current legislation regarding foreign funding of uh, American universities, be it through gifts or through contracts, is that there is no way of knowing precisely, in most cases, what the money is to be used for. Gifts of a quarter million dollars and above must be reported to the Department of Higher Education. But in fact, a, a recent action on the part of the higher, Department, of higher Department of Education, excuse me, is um, revealed that six and a half billion dollars in gifts and contracts had not been revealed over the past few years, an enormous sum of money. And we want more specificity, more transparency. Uh, we're not alone in that. Many other people recognize the problem here. But again, you're battling against the higher education lobby, the media in many cases, and the universities themselves uh, for whom less transparency is always better, unfortunately. Uh, but we're going to try to get that changed if we can. We're trying to educate people about that as well. We're writing about it. We'll continue to write about it uh, at Campus Watch. Uh, other people will write about it as well uh, so that we can uh, know what these funds are used from. If, if uh, the Saudis or others uh, write a big check to a uh, university, uh, does it go to the Center for Middle East Studies? Uh, does it go to the medical school? Does it go to petroleum engineering? And if it goes to the Middle East Studies in particular, what is it used for? Who gets it? At the moment, there is no legislative uh, rule uh, stating that that must be revealed. And so uh, during 2021, uh, the Campus Watch and uh, Middle East Forum's Washington Project will continue to press for reforms in the funding of higher education. Well, I'll stop there, uh, Stacy, and um, happily take questions and, and do my best to answer them for anyone who has them. All right, <laughs> sorry. Uh, thank you so much. So the first question then is, has the audit of Title VI been approved and started, or will it disappear if the Democrats take off? Um, it was just requested a few weeks ago and uh, with uh, Washington in uh, election mode and then uh, still COVID influencing things, to the best of my knowledge, uh, it hasn't been acted on. It would be, you know, things move in Washington at a glacial pace and this is an enormous audit. So um, as far as the administration coming in and, and affecting it, uh, I believe, as I understand this legislation that, um, and the way this uh, particular federal department works, this is a congressional department and it is not beholden to the executive branch. As a result, uh, when two senators make a request as they did, uh, it will be carried out. I don't believe it's dependent in any way on whoever happens to be president at the given time. So uh, I, you know, I don't know the, the exact way the GAO could wiggle out of it or if they can, but I don't believe they can. I think that once something like this is requested, uh, it's expected to be carried out. Um, Timeline, I don't know about. I would just, yes, slow. As I say, everything in Washington is slow. Uh, but it's not dependent upon personnel in the Department of Higher Education. Uh, I don't know why I keep saying higher education, in the Department of Education to be carried out. It's, uh, as I say, it's a, congressional, a congressionally mandated uh, undertaking. Thank you. Uh, so who exactly monitors the curriculum at the university level and do they influence the use of these funds? Uh, outside observers really monitor the, the curriculum. Um, the Department of Higher Education has taken it upon itself to do that insofar as these funds support uh, 
uh, are supported by Title VI. Um, they're not going to uh, really stick their noses into privately funded undertakings uh, at universities to the same degree. I mean, there may be other uh, federal entities that do that, but mostly it's up to external observers, uh, such as Campus Watch. Uh, we are uniquely the organization that monitors Middle East studies uh, only. We, we specialize in Middle East studies. Of course, there are other watchdogs that specialize in higher education, but we're, we're it when it comes to Middle East studies. Um, you know, you, you have to read uh, up on this. You have, to, you have to look for articles sometimes to find it. It's, you're not gonna find them very often, uh, unfortunately, these days in the mainstream media. You will some, but probably less often than at one time. Um, I would say uh, external observers, I, I, let me make one observation on that. One of the ways that we know we are being effective at Campus Watch uh, is the degree of vitriol we receive from those we write about, for example. Um, it's no secret that the professoriate in general is very thin-skinned. It doesn't like uh, external criticism. It reacts very uh, vitriolically to that. Uh, if I had a nickel for every time I've been called a McCarthyite or a, a Nazi or something absurd like that, um, I'd be quite wealthy. And the reason is that they, uh, they react poorly to being criticized in the same way that people in business or politics or show business or other professions uh, kind of accept as just part of making a living. It's just kind of everyday life for them. For the professoriate, which I think uh, wouldn't be going too far to say uh, views itself as something as a, as a priestly class set apart from the, the rest of mankind in some ways, they really don't like to be criticized. And so um, I would be um, uh, remiss if I didn't say that, you know, I think I derive some emotional pleasure from their reaction to that, because I know that we've hit home when, when that occurs, and I know that we've exposed them from some of, the, uh, some of the nefarious things that they carry out that wouldn't have been exposed otherwise. Thank you. And have groups like Jewish Studies on campus spoken out about this? What about Hillel? I don't know a lot about Hillel, uh, to tell you the truth. I think my, my impression of Hillel is that it varies campus to campus. Some are very solid. Uh, some are um, very unlikely to speak out against any kind of, of, of curricular abuses that we study. Um, Jewish studies, um, I don't, we don't monitor those, monitor those as closely as we do Middle East studies, even though we see them as a subunit of it in many ways, particularly uh, Jewish studies centered in the Middle East. Um, but it's a mixed bag. Uh, it's probably not as uh, politicized as Middle East studies overall, but uh, one of the ways that uh, probably too many donors have been um, pleased or salved by administrators is to promise the hi to hire um, someone in Jewish studies who will balance or counterbalance the anti-Israel thrust from Middle East studies uh, too often what we've found in that is that the person or persons hired are themselves uh, as, as anti-Israel uh, and as anti-Western as anyone in Middle East studies. Um, so donors beware of this kind of um, uh, sleight of hand because it's, it's something that we certainly monitored a, a fair amount. So with the notoriously biased senior faculty, uh, it would seem a real reform is almost impossible. Are there any ways to include more careful vetting of faculty in the future? That really does hit the nail on the head because um, 
the faculty over the years have tended to hire intellectual clones of themselves. And it has led to the intellectual homogenization of the university across the board, not simply in Middle East studies, but in, in virtually every field of study, particularly in the humanities and social sciences, which have been so hit by uh, the politically correct virus over the past several decades. Um, I would say put pressure on universities uh, yourself. If you're a donor to a university, don't give them money. I mean, you just simply refuse. When, when you get that nice letter and that expensive magazine in the mail, um, view it with, uh, you know, think of it with a grain of salt. Remember, uh, universities, even small liberal arts colleges, spend an enormous amount of money every year uh, with very slick Madison Avenue style uh, uh, publications promoting themselves. And they, they, want, they want to, as they age now, I understand this, uh, they want to present a nostalgic view of your time at the university. Remember when you were young, remember when you met your wife there, remember when you ran a fraternity, a sorority, and so on. Uh, things haven't changed. They've only gotten better and better and better. And um, I think you should take all that with a grain of salt. Do some research, contact us if we can help, particularly in Middle East studies. Uh, there are other sources as well on looking into higher education. But um, pressure them to reform or withhold your, pub, your, your, your donations to them. Uh, if it's a public university, withhold donations and write your state legislators about them. Uh, write the governor, write to the board of governors of the university and to the president of the university and demand uh, intellectual reform, demand intellectual diversity. Tell them that you, uh, that diversity is the most bantered about term in higher education today. If you go into the higher education press, you will find that every third article in some way deals, every second article deals with diversity, but virtually none of them deal with intellectual diversity, which is frowned upon uh, as, as the questioner noted. So demand intellectual diversity, particularly in the humanities and social sciences. And, and I say, don't, don't write him a check um, and keep up with it and spread the word too. tell people who have uh, kids going off to school about this. Um, don't let them be fooled by the higher education lobby and by the Madison Avenue techniques employed by virtually every institution of higher learning in the country. Thank you. And how do you respond to the contention that Middle East studies departments are exercising freedom of speech and academic of, and of academic inquiry and study. Yeah, and we respect that. We respect their freedom of speech completely. They have every right to say what they want. However, with federal funds, as everyone knows, come certain obligations to play by the rules. And in the case of Title VI funds, funding Middle East studies or any other area studies, uh, they have to be used to support the purpose of the Higher Education Act and the, and the passing of, of Title VI legislation to begin with, which ultimately comes down to the strengthening of American national security. So um, uh, say what you will, you can teach what you will, we're going to critique you. We have a First Amendment right also to say what we want, uh, which is in sharp contrast to what a great many uh, professors and uh, academic administrators will say about us and other critics of higher education. Uh, I mentioned McCarthyite being a common charge a minute ago. Um, uh, that means, in a sense, censorship. Criticism for these people is a synonym for censorship. Of course, it isn't. Um, so, uh, if you take if you take federal funds, you have to play by the federal rules. And when you don't, those funds should be withheld. 
Uh, that's our bottom line on, on Title VI. Uh, if, you, if someone wants to give you a grant uh, independent of government funds, particularly in the private university, to do something, that's, that's another matter. But we can still critique that. We can still expose that. And I think um, exposing all of this to a much wider audience of taxpayers, of uh, donors to institutions of higher learning is, uh, is the way to go as well. I mean, the more people who learn about this, the more outraged they become. Understood. So any idea into which universities and programs Qatar's copious funding is flowing? Um, I can, you know, I, sh I should put those on, on the Campus Watch site just so there'll be an easy link. Um, I, I would probably miss some if I tried to name them, but they are, are essentially the large, uh, more prestigious universities, research universities around the country. Uh, UC Berkeley, UCLA, Stanford does not have one. Uh, prestige alone doesn't mean they, they just don't want one. Harvard used to have one and uh, no longer does. Uh, Yale, uh, University of Pennsylvania, uh, University of Michigan, University of Chicago, University of Texas at Austin, uh, Duke, UNC Chapel Hill. They run a consortium jointly. Um, and I'm sure I'm leaving out uh, a few in, in the process of saying those, but there, there are several. Um, George Mason has one again, I think, uh, Indiana University uh, and a few others. Um, large research universities all. Uh, Georgetown, of course, uh, probably the most politicized Middle East studies program in America. I should have named that first. Um, I, will, I will put together a, a small uh, blog post, perhaps listing these and, and put them on the website so that people can access this very easily. Um, as I say, they change uh, grant period to grant period. Some will drop out voluntarily, others simply aren't renewed and um, others will uh, come in. But it, 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 for the most part, it's been the same dozen or so schools for the last several decades. So in your work, are observers attending these lectures and also reading the written lectures? Uh, does a question mean from the Department of Education or uh, I mean, no, they don't. Um, I'm not sure what, that, what uh, that means. Within Campus Watch, are we actually oh, going oh. to lectures? To, oh, sorry, sorry, to sorry. I'm thinking I have title six on the brain. Um, in general, we, we don't so much attend lectures um, that's a, a, something that people may think we do often, but there are a variety of problems with that. Uh, some legal, um, a lot of logistical problems with that as well. If you mean lectures in the classroom, day-to-day -day lectures uh, in a particular class. Uh, that said, we certainly do send reporters to um, public lectures, lectures that are open to the public at a variety of schools, and we have a, a steady stream of reports in Campus Watch coming out from that. Um, they attend the lecture, record it, write it, and we publish it. And it's a good, it really gives you a good insight on what people say behind closed doors. Because of that reason, uh, several times over the past uh, few years, uh, some of our reporters have been expelled from ostensibly public lectures, even though they were uh, free, uh, even though they're open to the public, lunch is served, you've, you know, sort of a y'all come uh, attitude. But when they get there, uh, being recognized as someone who has written for Campus Watch, they were unceremoniously expelled from the lecture, um, which tells you a great deal. It tells you that they don't want what they are saying behind closed doors known to the broader public. Why? Because it's radical, of course, because it's anti-American, it's viciously anti-Semitic sometimes, anti-Israel, anti-Western in general, um, a lot of sneering, a lot of uh, you know, very, very uh, far left radical Islamist 
uh, praising attitudes going on there, praising terrorism against Israel, uh, looking for excuses for uh, terrorists across the uh, world if they were Islamists and so on. So it's a um, it's, it's an ugly situation. We still do get into them. We still manage to uh, to report on them, uh, but every now and then uh, the reporter is expelled. Thank you so much. And well, can you just discuss a little bit MESA and ASMEA? And yeah, sure. Uh, the Middle East Studies Association is the main, large, the largest umbrella organization for practitioners of the field, if you will, for people who specialize in the Middle East or Middle Eastern languages. Um, it has long since become extremely politicized, particularly in its leadership. Uh, it isn't to say that every member of it is politicized, but certainly anyone who's going to rise to a leadership position in it is, and you can, you can count on that. Um, they regularly issue letters of concern, uh, for example, condemning Israel for arresting Hamas members and supporters at West Bank universities. Um, that they, they don't rec really recognize any right for Israel to um, uh, remain secure. Um, they will regularly uh, sponsor uh, almost anything that helps Islamism, uh, whether it's peaceful Islamism or, or otherwise in, in the West Bank, as I mentioned a moment ago. They're reliably um, Islamist, reliably uh, anti-American, reliably anti-Western, reliably anti-Israel, unfortunately. Uh, and we see this again and again. We have a fair number of articles at Campus Watch that have uh, documented this and, and that proved this uh, over the past uh, many years. Um, ASMIA, as it's called, the Association of Southeast and Asian or Middle East, I, 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 it's, it's a long word, I've forgotten, I haven't looked at it in a while, was, was founded basically as a counter to uh, MISA. Um, I'll say one other word about, uh, about MISA. They, they never gave uh, the, the famous uh, scholar Bernard Lewis uh, a Lifetime Achievement Award, and he is not recognized by them essentially in any way, uh, although he was a member for many, many years and towers above uh, the great bulk of his colleagues in Middle East studies over the past, uh, uh, since the post-war period, really. Um, ASMIA was founded as a counter to that. Uh, not to be right-wing, but to be apolitical, uh, to, do, to, to allow scholars to present papers uh, and publish uh, work in fields that have essentially been banned by more mainstream publications, MISA included, but, but more than just that. Um, so it's a, it's a fine organization that exists to, to, as a counterbalance. I don't know the figures on membership of, of them at the moment, but um, they, they do deserve your support. Thank you. And what can students do when they see obvious bias from a professor? They can contact us at Campus Watch. Um, we, our, our website is easily accessible from the Middle East Forum website, which is easy to, to find. Uh, you can Google us, they'll, they'll find us very easily. Um, they can contact us. They can also, you know, I would say, tell your parents, if you're a student and you, you encounter this, complain to the dean, complain. Don't, don't allow yourself to be silenced. Don't allow yourself to be run over. If, for example, you're a, and this is the most common thing we see, if you're a pro-Israel student at a place like Columbia University, Columbia also has a Title VI program, by the way. I forgot to mention that a moment ago. But if you're a, a pro-Israel student at a place like Columbia, uh, life can be pretty hard for you. Uh, if you're pro-American at a place like that, it can be pretty hard for you. Uh, but particularly if you're, if you're a, a known supporter of Zionism, say, 
um, you can be singled out for a great deal of opprobrium, both by professors and by your fellow students. Uh, don't take it lying down. Well, a lot of campuses have um, uh, organizations, in the case of Israel, uh, pro-Israel organizations, a lot of them have uh, organizations that are open to, um, let's say, more pro-American points of view, not just uh, dealing with the Middle East. And I would urge students to, to seek them out, find them, you have to do a little digging sometimes. Um, know you're not alone. Uh, one of the worst things that can happen to a student in particular uh, at the undergraduate level is to feel completely isolated uh, from everyone else, which you'll absolutely feel in some classes and you will be maybe in a particular class. But overall, you're not, you're not. You're, you're, you may even hold mainstream views that most Americans hold, but within the university setting, you can be feel, made to feel like a pariah, uh, someone who is way off the spectrum uh, on your beliefs, when in fact, the people who are telling you that are the ones who hold the extreme and radical views. So contact us if you wish, contact uh, people at your university, complain about it. If you think your grades have been affected by it, complain to the dean. Uh, make a fuss, you know, uh, don't, don't, don't allow yourself to be pushed around. And in particular, don't allow your grades to be affected by this. Uh, sometimes that does occur. It's not a myth. It doesn't occur every time. It is, it's not a myth. It does occur. So uh, take up for yourself and look for allies. Oh, thank you. And in closing, how can our viewers support Campus Watch? Well, I would suggest that they go to, I'm going to look at a web page here, so I won't get anything wrong. Uh, our, um, Middle East Forum uh, donate page, which is at meforum.org slash participation slash. And if you look at that, you will find a myriad ways to contribute to the forum. And if you wish for your contribution to go specifically to Campus Watch, which we appreciate very much, you'll find a, a box in the middle that says remarks, notes, and special requests. And in that, you may write that you are um, uh, supporting Campus Watch and you, that you uh, are asking for your gift to go specifically to Campus Watch. And we very much appreciate your support over the years. So we couldn't do this without you. Yay, thank you so much. We've come to the close of our webinar. Thank you again, Winfield, for taking time to speak with us today. Well, thank you. And thank you to all our viewers. Of course. And for our viewers, as you finish up or start your holiday shopping this year, we would like to remind you that we are part of the Amazon Smile Charity Program. You can select the Middle East Forum as your charity and Amazon will donate 0.5% of the price of eligible purchases to the charity of your choice. So far this year, we have received over $1,000 through this program alone. Also, please be on the lookout for our weekly webinar offerings email coming out over the weekend. Thank you all for joining us and I hope you have a great day.